<laughs> Friends, the Lord is working on something. Amen. I have felt the foundation has been laid already. Amen. <laughs> Throughout the year of 2010, there, were, there was a lot of ministry along the line of Holy Ghost power, miracles, wonderful teaching, being led by the Spirit, praying it in. It was all a part of it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the Lord seems to be moving in the, me in the direction of working on worship here. And you know that I, can have, I have the opportunity to minister on anything, even though I lead in worship quite a bit. How often do I actually minister on worship? Not very often because it's not, I don't automatically minister on something because that's something that I like to do. But I'm telling you tonight, the Lord has us here mandated to do a word from heaven, to bring a word from heaven for a purpose. He's working on something. We started out basically in this, in this direction, learning about how to honor the presence of God. We understood that a lot of people could be in the house, and God could be in the house, but most of the people could miss it. That was the case with the paralytic man that was let down through the roof. Says the power of God, or you might say the presence of God, was present to heal. Amen. But nobody was getting healed because people didn't discern the presence of God. Amen. And it's like he's the one that activated the presence of God or the manifestation of the presence of God, if you will. So that man walked away whole that day. Amen. Because he acknowledged the presence of God. We went further and we taught about the fact that though God is omnipresent, He is also has the ability to make appointments and visit man. Though He fills the entire universe, there is a quality about God that when you as a child of God call on His name and worship Him, He is able to present Himself to you. Amen. We started that, that was I guess on a Sunday morning, we told the story how that as little kids, we tapped into something I had no idea. I just knew I was hungry for God. My sisters knew that they were hungry for God. We gathered together and we waited on God and we wanted Him. We Say, I wanted Him. I want Him. You've got to want Him. He's a rewarder of those that want Him. That diligently crave Him and seek Him. And in that, in that uh, I, I, as the story goes, the Holy Ghost filled that little prayer room. It was a telephone room. It was an amazing move of God in that little Victorian house at 2367 Bryant Street. As a matter of fact, Mom would tell us that from that little prayer meeting with kids seeking God came a move of God to our whole church on Cap Street in San Francisco. Hallelujah. I call that God moving in our generation. And so as we're seeking the Lord, we're learning how to honor Him. We learned a few things, the ADBs of, of seeking the Lord. We learned that God wants to be face to face with you. Amen. But you, the, the best way to be face to face with anybody, first of all, you've got to, we've got to learn how to be face to face with one another. We have a problem in this generation of this impersonal thing. We've gotten used to, like we talked about, that virtual reality. You think that you're there just because you saw it on TV. Or you think you're there because there's a holographic image of it. Friends, it, you're not there unless you're there. And the primary name of God is Jehovah Shammah. He Jehovah Shammah says, the Lord is present. If you will put your face in His, He'll put His face in yours. 
And we were saying that unless you seek His presence yeah. and, and really learn how to walk with that personal touch, we were meditating all week long on that scripture, that you may have the richest of the fullness of the divine presence that blessed me this week. While we were on our knees, the church had that assignment to get a revelation of the love of God, the length and the breadth of it. Amen. Well, as I was there, I realized, you know, further in that scripture, it talks about how that we might come to know personally the love of God with experience. Friends, what Pastor Mark experienced is not good enough for you. What Pastor Brendo experienced is not good enough for you. What Reverend Jimmy Richardson experienced is not good enough for you. If you're going to make it in this hour, you're going to do exploits for God. It's got to be person to person, face to face. And so we talked about we talked about that how you can't be lulled with the spirit of this world that has turned virtual on us and we've we've forgotten how to be face to face with anybody. But we in this church, I'm persuaded of better things. Moses spoke to God as a friend speaks to a friend. Quite frankly, we need to learn how to rekindle friendships and get face to face. We need to learn how to look each other in the eye. And like Jesus said, he said, you know, if I can't trust you with these simple things, if you can't love a man who you can see, how could you love God who you cannot see? Come on, somebody help me. The model is simple. If we learn how to celebrate each other's presence, you got to get in the habit because the world won't teach you that. The world will teach you how to ignore each other. You can go to a counter face-to-face to have personal interaction with a salesperson and the phone will ring and they'll turn around from you to talk to somebody on the telephone. And I wouldn't put it past somebody if a text came through that they'd turn their back on you so they can do a text with somebody. And you're there face-to-face. We've lost respect for face-to-face. But at Heart of the Bay, we've learned something. We are learning how to celebrate each other and celebrate God. When we come together, see, when you come together, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together, something happens when we get together in His name. Not forsaking, celebrating that time. It's holy, friends. I don't know if you've caught that, but I feel several degrees higher. Have you felt that? The exciting thing about it is it crosses all generations. It crosses all strata. It crosses all socioeconomic level. Children, young people, older people, and the people that are in between. It doesn't matter. God is invading all of our lives. He's moving in all of us. Hallelujah. So we'll take, we talked about bowing in the last session, and that was really a key, a key session that we had, because bowing is an essential element of, of how you choose which camp you're going to be in. You choose by how you bow, and what an awesome time we've had learning about that when you bow to God, hallelujah, and He becomes your Lord and you surrender to Him, that everything God has begins to flow in your direction. Whatever whatever person came to Jesus and it was all over the Bible all over the place where people they didn't just say okay those of you that need healing raise your hand that's not how it happened people would go and throw themselves down at his feet literally 
throw themselves at Jesus. Now, a lot of times we've, we've forsaken that. In fact, we're not the only ones. Even the Jewish religion. And I'm, I just want to say this. In medieval times, there came that time, as we spoke before. That since the medieval time, bowing in the worship services began to fade away. And people, they no longer bowed anymore. Listen carefully. And we say, well, how about them Jews? They don't bow before. Well, how about us Christians? How often are we bowing before the Lord? And all I said is this in our last session. Friend, I'm not saying you have to bow every time and constantly. We're not going to get kneeling benches for the church. But I'm going to say this. In your Christian experience, if you're going to experience God face to face, somewhere, somehow, in private or in church or a prayer meeting or somewhere, you've got to bow your knee to Jesus Christ. Willingly and in prayer. And we saw in the Bible, well, the Apostle Paul said, I bow my knee. Is that right? Well, you know, and this is not legalistic. So we're not about legalism here. We're about following the Spirit of God. Jesus said when he's talking about the inevitable law of faith in Mark chapter 11. He says, he, after he got, gets done talking about whosoever shall speak unto this mountain and all this. He says, and when you stand... Praying. So, you know, you could pray standing or you could pray stand. You could kneel and be praying. But the important thing is somewhere in your life, you need to bow your knee to God. Hallelujah. And Pastor Jim, marvelous work this morning as he, we were talking about, we're not good. You're, you're either bowing to Jehovah Jireh, your provider, or else you're bowing to the world system. So there's no, there's no in between. It's black and white. It's black and white, friends. If you're, if you get an evil report about health, you're either bowing your knee, listen, to Jehovah Rapha, your healer, or else you're bowing your knee to the enemy in sickness and disease. Do not forfeit what Jesus Christ died and rose again for and took stripes on his back for you, friend. You worship God no matter what. You bow your knee before the Lord. Well, we've got some exciting things tonight. I'm going to take it up where Pastor left off. Psalm 34. Would you, would you turn there, please? We're taking another look at presence, the presence of God. That, by the way, was called Barak is the Jewish word, which meant bowing before the Lord. And, uh, and so we talked a lot about J- Daniel chapter 3, that, it, that first of all, you've got to make sure that you're bowing to God and that there is no strange God among you. No strange God. See, he'll bring you in your wealthy place. He'll bring you in your healthy place as long as you're bowing to him. Amen. So let's look at Psalm 34. And now we're going we're gonna to look at this. And, and, and I think it's going to be pretty interesting. How many of you will just stay with me for about 40, 45 minutes or so? I will bless... The Lord at all times, his praise shall continually or constantly be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord, verse 2, and the humble shall hear thereof and be glad. May I please bring a little bit of lightning, uh, enlightenment about this scripture. I am not, you know, a Jewish scholar by any means, but I do have the ability to go into the Strong's Concordance when the Lord says, do it. So I want to share some interesting things. I will bless. The word for bless there is I will barack the Lord at all times. In other words, I will bow down to God in every circumstance that I may face. I am going to constantly make sure that I'm bowing to the Lord of Lords and not to any other God. So catch this. I will bless or I will bow before the Lord at all times. 
His praise shall continually be in my mouth. And it's time for us to go to praise school tonight. Because when we say the word praise, friends, there's a whole world in that when we say praise or when we say worship. But tonight God has something for you. Turn to your neighbor and say, God has something special for you tonight. Pay attention. Because there will be a test. (laughs) I... I will, his praise shall continually be in my word, mouth. The word praise is the Jewish word tahila. I did not say, I did say tahila. So I, I just, I, I'm going to go into those definitions in a little bit, but I want you to notice this. My, my soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The word boast there is another Jewish word for praise, which is called halal. We're going to, I know this is a little bit uh, interesting. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. We're, that's all I'm going to say about that. But I, wanted, I just wanted to read a very common scripture for you to show you that as we start in this journey, we, we can get in a little bit more more enlightenment. Amen. We can get just a little more enlightenment to be able to enable us to practice God's presence all the more. Anything that helps to get you in the presence of God, I'm for that. If you could just get to his presence, if you could just get to it, if you could just get his presence on your life. It was so key and so important that Moses stood before God and said, look, in, in what is it? Exodus 33. He said, look, if your presence doesn't go with us, we don't want to go there. Is that right? So important is the presence of God to you. Listen carefully. Not just the law of the Lord, but also the presence. It's the word and the spirit working together. It's good to have the word of God. It's good to quote scripture. It's good to read your Bible. But for heaven's sakes, don't Don't forget, you need to invite the author to be present, to touch your life. Hallelujah. So, moving right along. I want to say just a few things that's that's pretty exciting to me. Notice this. You are in 1 Peter chapter 2, 9, a very familiar passage of scripture. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the... Praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Now, lest I mislead anyone, the word praises there is not any of those words of praise. That means to show his virtues. Uh, so I want, to be, I want to be careful. I'm not trying, trying to sneak in a scripture in here and say, see, that's talking about praises. But on the other hand, you are a priest. And here's a thought. Have you ever run across Christian that said, oh, I'm called, brother. I'm called. You know what? Let me tell you something. Jesus said, many are called Come on, help me, help me. Many are called, but few are chosen. So being called means almost nothing unless you're chosen. How many of you ever played baseball and you weren't that great at it? And then they picked teams and you were the last one to get picked. You know, I thought I was pretty good when they threw me into right field. But the fact is, not very many balls go out to right field. I know what it's like to not be chosen. Like, well, do you want little Tommy? I don't want him on my team. Like, dude, okay, you take the girl and I guess I'll take him. Like, I mean, getting trade off, getting pawned off for a girl. That's the best I could do at 85 pounds with wet clothes on back in the day. Friends, being called is... Is, is admirable, but it means nothing unless you're chosen. And I want you to see something about the scripture. You 
are a chosen generation. You are a chosen priesthood. That means there's a lot of people, there's a lot of generations that came and went. But you, put your name in there. You're not just called. God's got your number and you've been drafted. Come on, you've signed on the dotted line. You're a worshiper. You bow your knee to God and it's time for you to do something with it. You're chosen. Hallelujah. Thought I'd make a distinction about that. Now, hallelujah. And I also want to encourage you about something. As I was praying about this, the Lord stirred me about this. In 1 Kings chapter 19 and verse 9 through 18, I'm not going to read the entirety of that passage of Scripture. But that's the time where Elijah was feeling discouraged. He had just won a mighty battle, fire from heaven and all this wonderful thing. But he's running from Jezebel. He's scared that he's going to be killed. Everybody with me? And then in verse 9... It says here in the New King James, And there he went to a cave and spent the night in that place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and said, What are you doing here? And then he said, I've been very zealous for the Lord of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant. Now, I'm gonna, I, 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 this is really strong in my spirit. Do you know the Lord has people on the face of the earth that are serious about God? You, don't listen to the media. Don't listen to what people are blabbing, whether it's Christian TV or otherwise. I'm telling you, friends, the body of Christ is a mighty force in the earth. And I'm not saying that. As surely as I'm standing here, I know that the Lord is impressing me to say, be encouraged, saint. Let's go to verse number 18. It says, yet I have reserved 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed to Baal and every mouth that has not kissed him. This is encouraging. Like you may, you may be a young person in this place saying like, well, at school, everybody, everybody's doing it and, and I'm all alone and there aren't any Christians. You're wrong. They're on the rise, friends. There's Holy Ghost kids everywhere. God is moving on the campus. Well, you know, I want you to know something in the legal field. Well, you know, there aren't very many Christians in the automotive field. You know, I I feel like I'm all, you're not alone. There are believers everywhere and they have not bowed their knee to Baal. They're seeking God the same way that you are. Hallelujah. Oh, we're a mighty force, friend. Don't ever lose track of that. God is moving mightily in the earth today. But in verse chapter uh, 24 of Psalms in verse 6 says that this, remember you are a chosen generation. This is the generation of them that seek him, that seek thy face, O Jacob. Think about that. We're not seeking uh, other things. We are set ourselves to really seek God's face. Amen, somebody said. And just a little aside, I was really, really impressed with something that they told me, the kids came up to me after, after the message on Wednesday night about bowing. And they said, you know what? It's kind of like you went to camp with us. This is what happened at camp. And I'm telling you, there are mighty conversions in that age group. They said that they, they went to the altar and they laid out before God. I know that some of you remember what that was like when you were a kid. They laid out before the altar, bowing before God for hours just waiting Giving him lordship of their life. Kicking out 
foreign spirits and saying, not that they're demon-possessed, but you know what I mean, any oppression or any other loyalty, they were ridding themselves, purging themselves, getting at the altar of God, bowing before God. How many know that's a move of God? In our generation, these kids are seeking God. Hallelujah. Well, we're still not to. That's all by way of introduction. (laughs) Praise God. But you're called to show forth the praises of Him, the excellence of Him, the virtue of Him. You are a priesthood. So it's time to go to praise school tonight. How many are you ready to go to praise school? The first thing you've got to understand, who do you belong to? I like the movie that said, who's your daddy? (laughs) What was that? Remember the Titans. Who's your daddy? Who are you committed to? Praise God. You know, that's why it's so important to bow to Jesus Christ. And to make sure that He, that Jesus and the Heavenly Father is your daddy. Now, once we get that out of the way, after you bend your knee and the token of reverence to Him and the inclination of your heart surrendered to Him, and you realize that He's your Lord, people here don't understand what Lord means a whole lot. I know in medieval days, they knew exactly what Lord meant. That means that person says something, you do it. But, you know, we're kind of caught. We're American. Hey, before you're American, you're a son or a daughter of God. And you're submitted first and foremost to God. You're a child of God. Everybody say, child of God. You belong to Him now. Who's your daddy? Who do you belong to? I belong to Him. I mean, remember that song, Now I belong to Jesus. Jesus belongs to me. And not just for the years of time alone, but for how long? Eternity, absolutely. You've got to know who you belong to that you're purchased. But now, see, as a worshiper, you have to understand that. And I think we've covered that well. In Psalms, let let me read Psalms 95, 1 through 6, and then we'll get into what we have for tonight. Psalms 95, verses 1 through 6. Oh, come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise unto the rock of our salvation. Let us come before His... Presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his. He made it and his hands formed the dry land. Oh, let's reverse six together. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our what? Hallelujah. All right. Praise God. All right, how many of you ready for praise school just a little bit? As a priest, it's your responsibility. Turn to Hebrews chapter 8, verse 2 to 3. What do priests do? Well, one of the primary function of a priest unto God is you're supposed to bring something. You're supposed to offer something. In the Old Testament, they would offer bowls and goats and incense and different things like that. David came and on credit started offering the sacrifice of praise unto God. You know, it was very, very interesting how that was like a a precursor to the new covenant, which what we have now. And if you look at this, a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle, which the Lord pitched and not man for every high priest is ordained to offer what? Gifts and sacrifices where it is of necessity that is man, that the man have somewhat to offer. So the first rule of praise school is if you're a priest, you've got to give something. You've got to offer something before the throne of God. 
Is everybody good on that? That's pretty simple. You don't just say, oh, I'm, I'm a pre-. Like, if, if you were the cleanup batter on the baseball team, you got to bring it. you got to bring some game with you when you get to the plate, and it's the ninth inning, and they're tied, and, and there's a runner on third base. You better bring it. Right. Well, if you're a priest unto God and you come to church, better hello, you better bring something. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, what am I going to bring? I'm glad you asked. Hosea 14, 1 and 2. O Israel, return unto the Lord thy God, Hosea 14, 1 and 2. For thou hast fallen by thine iniquity. Well, I hope that's not you, but if it is, get it together. Take with you your words and turn to the Lord and say unto him, Take away all iniquity and receive us graciously. Read the next phrase with me, please. So will we render the calves of our lips. Say it again. So will we render the calves of our lips. And I'm going to skip a little bit here, but we're going to go to Hebrews chapter 13, 15. A little bit working without a net. But it says, let us therefore come to him. Put Hebrews 13, 15 up there. Let us therefore come to him, bringing the sacrifice of praise continually, which is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Now, if you put that up in the Amplified, something very interesting. We were talking about calves a moment ago, weren't we? Now, you're a priest, so you're going to bring something. Somebody say, bring it. So let's put that in the Amplified Bible. And it goes on to say, Through Him, therefore, let us constantly at all times offer up to God a sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of lips that thankfully acknowledge and say what? Confess. Say it louder, please. Confess and glorify His name. Friends, if you look at the marginal reference of your Bible, you will see the fruit of our lips uh, giving thanks. If you look at the, the, in the King James Version, it says, confess, confess to his name. So here we go. There's something that you bring to the house of God or to the presence of God. It's not just the house of God. You better bring this at home. Hallelujah. And what you're doing is you're bringing some kind of a confession, a calf of confession. Everybody say confession. Now, I want you to go to the next step. Psalms chapter 50 and verse 23. Whoso offereth praise, listen, glorifieth me, and to him that ordereth his conversation aright, what? Will I, what? Show the salvation of God. Now, don't you love it? Let me show you something about that. The word praise there is tauda. Listen carefully, saint. Your breakthrough hinges on this. Whoso offereth tauda, or toda is the way it's pronounced, glorifies me. And to him that orders his conversation aright will I show the salvation of God. Friends, tonight, I, if we get to nothing else, this is really the key point here. You've got to understand there are several words for praise in the Hebrew language. We're, we're going to target Toda tonight. Let me skip over some of the other ones because God wants to do miracles and unleash some things tonight. But the first one that you comes, you hear, have heard the word hallelujah, it's called halal. And if you'll permit me to talk to you just really briefly, we're going to get, say Toda, Toda. We're going to get to that in just a moment. Hallelujah. Somebody glorify God with me. Yes, yes, yes. We praise you, Lord. Friends, halal is something, quite frankly, we don't do, we haven't done enough of. 
I mean a real biblical halal. I know Pastor Brennan really liked this. Halal, my friends, has, is not staring at the worship leader. Halal is not thinking that the, the beat was real good today. Don't you think her hat's nice? Friends, halal is to be absolutely beside yourself, nuts crazy, boasting. Another word for it is clear. Clear means there's no mistake about it. You are wild for God and you're boasting about Him. To celebrate him in such a way, there's no doubt about it. And you know what? This is, I know I'm going to find this here somewhere. Got in all these notes. Jeez, you know what I'm saying? But hello would be that you have to rave, rave about it. Have you ever been to a really good restaurant before? And, and, and anybody got a good Mexican restaurant? I mean, they closed down my favorite one. But you know, a lot of times we'll talk about a good restaurant and we will rave about it to the point that all the hearers and the listeners will begin salivating. Come on, talk to me, people. I know I'm preaching real good now, especially when I brought up food. Hallelujah. Who got a witness? I thank God. Halal is the... What I'm saying is, when you get somebody to salivate, you know that you've got the point across. This is some good food here now. This got some flavor you could savor. The Bible talks about, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. You have, listen, you have been ordained to show forth His praises. When we talk about halal, halal is the root word. The, it stem, there's a lot of other things that stem away from it, but if you're not boasting and raving to the point where you make the world salivate about your God, something's wrong, you've got to turn it up a notch or two. Halal is the most common term expressing worship used 120 times in the Old Testament. It means to be clear in sound or color, to shine, to make it show or boast. The implication is to make it loud. Clear sound of praise. The Hebrew term also carries the meaning of being clamorously foolish. I saw the word wild in there. To rave or to celebrate. Thus to halal God means an unbridled, Pastor Brennan like this, exuberant praise. The English word is hallelujah or hallelujah comes from the combination of the Hebrew words halal and Yahweh, which is Yah or the name of God. So get wild. And you know what? We don't we do that from time to time when the Holy Ghost and the musicians and the sound really twist our arm. But friends, this is something you need to do at home. We're talking praise school here, people. I'm about to give you some tickets here, praise God. I feel like giving people tickets and say, okay, you got to go to praise school. 30 hours of community praising. <laughs> oh, you got a ticket that will cost you $271 for not opening your mouth when everybody's supposed to open a mouth. And not lifting up your hands. How many of you having fun so far at praise school? 
I'm sorry, friends, but there are, there are a sprinkling of... There, I'm, I'm happy to say that there's quite a few folks, not all of us are on board yet, but there's quite a few of us that what, all you got to do is when the sackbut begins and when the flute and the pipe and the fife and when, when, the, when the timbrel and, and when, when all that starts in, I got some people going into it. Hallelujah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. But the rest of them are kind of... You're not fulfilling your office of the priest. I was going to say I could care less. I'm going to praise God anyway, whether you do or don't. And so will the musicians, because we've dedicated our lives. Our lives are committed to the presence of God. These kids that stand up here are sanctified before God. They know that they're called to do what they do. And they do it as a passion for Him. They love you too. They do it, they do it to serve the, the church family. We all do it to make sure that the presence of God comes in this place because we need Him, don't we? I'm sorry to say a lot of places, they're kind of, the, uh, musicians are quite a distraction. It would be better if they sat down. But, but some of you got to bring some halals into church. The next word that we're going to talk about was tahila, not tequila, tahila, which means taking all that raving and all that boasting, my soul shall make her boast in the Lord and take that and put it to song and get wild about it. And so we sing a lot of happy songs around here. Is that right? I'm glad that we sing a happy song. I'm glad we make a joyful sound in this house. The Bible talks about blessed are the people that know the joyful and the happy sound. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm telling you, friends, he will enlighten your countenance if you will halal and tahila him. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise, which is his tequila, his tequila. Yeah, you'll get drunk in the spirit, all right. But his tequila, you got to watch out, shall continually be in my mouth. So the tequila is the sung halals or the wild craziness, how we celebrate him unreserved. We put that in song and it's to be in our mouth. It should just pop out of you. Ooh. You know, I love certain people when they're working. Even when they're working, it's just they're just singing. I love when Joe Hernandez was here. It was amazing. That brother would sing about God is a good God. Doing the vacuum cleaner. He was praising God, having himself a time. Friend, if you're waxing cars, polishing floor, doing spreadsheets. If you're preparing docs for a court case. Praise God in the middle of it. Hallelujah. He said, I will tequila the Lord at all times. Well, well we're going to get into this. We're moving, we're moving fast as we can. So I will tequila the Lord at all times, and I, I will bless the Lord at all times. His tehillah will continually be in my mouth. Look at this. This is a good one. The same word, tehillah. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. And the word praise there is tehillah. So that wild singing, woo, wild singing, praise God, because you love God and want to celebrate him so much. Here's another one. Oh, I, I really want to skip down and get, get to something about... You know, in Chronicles, when they chose singers to sing out, I want you to catch something. Remember what happened in Second Chronicles? It said in Second Chronicles chapter 20, 21. Look at this real quick, uh, praise school students. It said here that when he had, Jehoshaphat, had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord. Now, be careful, because a lot of times, the moment you mention music and singers, people say, oh, that's not me. 
or we, we, we get religious about it, but I want you to see what the revelation is here. When he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord that should praise, which means halal. Halal is, friends, halal is not necessarily singing. That means saying something. Yes. Loud hollers and shouts before God. Are you listening? And so it says that he chose singers, but really what he chose is priests. He chose the priests that were the loudest, hallelujah, that knew their God. And then it says here that they should halal the beauty of holiness or rave about it. That they went out before the army and to, and to say. Notice it didn't say and to sing. It said and to say. So they never feel disqualified as a priest because, well, I don't sing like, you know, Brother Jimmy sings. Maybe one day when I grow up, I'll be able to sing like Brother Jimmy. But I can't sing like Brother Jimmy. But I got I to gotta halal the Lord. And so do you, even though we don't sound like Brother Jimmy. Is that right? You cannot exonerate yourself from your responsibility as a priest unto God just because you don't have musical training or you feel your voice. Don't. We're talking about he put the praisers in front to say something. Are you listening? Now they may have sung too. But I'm just trying to show you, this does not preclude you from being a priest under God and offering your halals. But notice this, this was really interesting. I pulled this out of the the, uh, Strong's. Let me me break this down just a little bit. How many of you give me a minute on this one? Then we'll move on. When he had consulted with the people, this is the Amplified, he appointed singers to sing to the Lord and praise Him in their holy priestly garments. Ooh, that's a good one right there. You got to put on the garment. You got to put, a, ooh, let, can we take a little side journey on top of a side journey? This is like a goosebump on top of a goosebump. Sometimes the hardest part of getting a job done is getting the right outfit on. I've learned this when it comes to painting. I have put off painting jobs and put them off and put them off. But when I get brave enough to put on the painting, you know, you open that cabinet. You know what I'm talking about. You pull out that old t-shirt thing. You know what I'm talking about. You put on those jeans that have paint all over them anyway. You know what I'm talking about. And you go, okay, let's do this. Put it on. It's like, it takes a while. Like, I guess I'm going to get them old shoes, going to paint on them. But you put on the outfit And once you put on that garment of painting, then it's easier to say, okay, where's the paint? Then you you pull out all the materials and you get in motion. But the first thing is you got to put the clothes on. You got to put the garment on. I I don't know. uh, I don't like going outside and doing yard work. But I'll tell you one thing. The most the most important step that I know about doing yard work is saying, make the decision. All right, I'll put on the duds. I'm going to go out and do the put on the outside. When it's time to praise God, you've got to understand it's time to put something on. You've got to put on that garment of Put on the garment of Tehillah. Put that wild thing on. Hallelujah. Let it bling for Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise is not plain. Praise is exuberant. Yes, amen. And when you're in the world, people should be able to see something about you. It should be oozing out of you. Hello, God. God's everything. He's my everything. Oh, he did a lot for me. He did, ooh, he's moving all over the... It should be doing that. And if it's not, you need to go back to get a ticket, hallelujah, and go back to praise school, hallelujah. 30 hours of praise community service. 
Hallelujah. Let's move ahead. So we talked about halal. I forgot what we were talking about. Oh, anyway, so he put out the singers. We were talking about put on the garment. So the priest went out. That's where we were. Now let's go back to the next, the, the, the other side journey, which was he put them out to go say something. Yes, they sang, but also they had to say something. That's part of the calves of your lips, friend. What you say is important in a moment of worship. Say it again. Okay, I think I will. What you say is as important, if not maybe more important, if you're not a singer, in a time of worship to God as you're offering the calves and the confessions because He's watching over your confession to do something. Oh, I'm getting excited now because I know what's coming. Look at, let's quickly touch some of the other ones. Another one is called, you'll notice that we lift our hands to the Lord around this place. The other one is called yada. It's a verb uh, with a root meaning the extended hand or to throw out the hand. Therefore, to worship with the extended hand. According to the lexicon, the opposite meaning is to bemoan the wringing of the hands. Like people that are nervous and don't know. No, don't wring your hands. You're a priest unto God. Lift them up as a sign of superiority that he's got it under control. Yes, you're surrendering to Him, but as you're casting it over onto Him, you're acknowledging God is going to turn this around and you're lifting up your, I will lift up my hands in Thy name. Hallelujah. I will lift up. Now, let's look what it says. Oh, Psalm 107.15. It puts a little spin on it when you look at it this way. Psalms 107.15 says this. Oh, that men would praise, which means yada, which means all oh, that men would raise their hands as an act of worship to the Lord for his goodness, for his wonderful works to the children of men. Fascinating. Don't you think that's fascinating? Put that on for size. Oh, that men would lift their hands to God. For, to the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. Now, we're getting to the meat of the, of, of the message. It'll probably take us another 15 minutes or so to do this. But this is where God wants to bring us tonight. The word Tauda. Tauda, remember? We started the service with that. Tauda comes from the same principle root word as Yada. But it's used more specifically, literally, meaning the extending of the hand in adoration, a vowel or acceptance. And it's apparent that in the Psalms and elsewhere that it's used for thanking God for things that have not yet manifested. Catch this. The literal, when I took it out of the commentary and whatever on my study, it said for things not received. But see, we're faith people and we believe we... That's right. you got to get to the point. We did a message on that a while back where we're in all these time zones. Remember that? That was a fun one, man. Where God did something way back here, right at the cross. But it's really interesting that it's still happening. The power of it is still all over the place. And you as a Christian need to step out of your time zone and get into eternity a little bit. And you can see the cross and it extends. And you can say then, by his stripes ye were healed. How things happened. It's weird. There's things past, present, and future that are flying around. God did not invent past. He just is. He had, you live in the now. Hallelujah. But what happened at the cross, it's like if you were to step into eternity, it's just as real right at this split second as somebody is in New York is already asleep. <laughs> in those different time zones. Hallelujah. But what we're saying here, 
is we believe that we receive and we've got something in our spirit. Same way as Dr. Cho, wonderful book, you know, The Fourth Dimension, how he said, I'm pregnant with a bicycle, a desk, and a chair. And he went around telling his congregants, I'm pregnant. Actually, he said, I have a desk, I have a chair, I have a bicycle. And a bicycle is a rare commodity back in the day. And they said, well, what do you mean you have a bicycle? He says, I have it in here. (laughs) I've got, so he already received. Everybody follow that? So anyway, though the commentary says, Thanking God for things not yet received. Let me clarify that or put a better spin on it. For things that haven't manifested, but you believed that you received them. Are you listening to me? As well as things already at hand. So now, let's talk about that again. Yada comes from the same root word as... Excuse me, Tauda comes from the same principle root word as Yada, but it's used more specifically and literally means the extension of the hand and adoration of vowel and, specific, and acceptance. And it is apparent by its use that it's for praising God and acknowledging for things that have not yet manifested, but you believed you received them already. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Your victory in many areas of life It stops right here, or I should say it starts right here. Until Christian praiser, until you learn how to worship Him and praise Him for something that has not yet manifested out here. And until you can do the jig in the hallway, something, you got to do something. I mean, it's not good enough for Pastor Mark to run in the hallway and pass Pastor Brenda high five as they're praising God. In, listen, praising God in the Tauda sense, lifting their heart and their hands to Him, rejoicing, going wild about God for something that in the physical world you can't see it yet. But I rest assured of this one thing. Every mighty victory that was rendered with impossible odds was done with this kind of praising. It's where you stood from the beginning and called the end and you begin to praise now for the victory. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, this is basically, let me see if I could find you some instances of Toda. Praise God. Oh, yeah. Psalms chapter 50. Listen carefully. We're bringing this message to a close and it's getting ready for us to do some what they call uh, what do they call it when when you go into a certain uh, 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 laboratory or whatever? You know, one thing is to get the classroom teaching, but the other ones you got to go to lab, and then you got to practice. We're getting ready for lab. Everybody in the class ready for a little lab here? Amen. Laboratory. Psalms fifty. Listen carefully. Whoso offereth praise, which is to say toda, which is to say when you raise your hand to God in Faith, thanking Him for something that has not yet manifested, and you honor God that way. It says, He glorifies me. And to Him that orders His conversation aright. Catch this. It's not, it's, it's great. That you can start praising God this way. And we're going to praise God tonight. We're going we're gonna to tell God about this building. And about some conditions in your bodies. And I'm, I'm happy to tell you. This isn't something that I thought about last night. This isn't something that I just kind of read in a book somewhere. This is something we've been walking in this for decades. We have watched God do things. Turn him 
impossible situations around. This is not a religious thing. This is real and vital. When the pain was so great and I stood in my, in my kitchen, at, that was 20273 Forest Avenue. I didn't want to wake the family up, but my hand was hurting so bad, so help me, that was two years into it. And they, want, they were talking about doing surgery and I thought, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? And, and occasionally it would just swell up and I couldn't do anything. You can't blow dry, comb, write nothing with my left hand. And I finally came to the place friend, where I said, God... This is what I'm doing. I woke up, it was throbbing again. And I said, Lord, I'm going to tell you something. I don't care. I felt like the three Hebrew children. I don't care if this never hurts. I don't care if I never play another note on the guitar or piano or anything again. I, can't, I don't care if I can't even write my hand. You're God. You're my healer. You're the healer. And I lift up my hand. It's throbbing. I lift up my hand in your name. You're Jehovah. Jehovah. You got that devil. I'm not going to turn back from my conviction in God. And as I kept, I kept at it. And I says, and not only that, I'm going to start dancing before the Lord. And I was weeping because it hurt real bad. You've got to understand this. That for a musician, this is, this is horrible. I, I can imagine it would be like, like Posey that broke his leg. You know, in several places, his ankle. It's like, how, what are Posey's chances at his career? You understand? That's what I felt like. I mean, it wasn't broken, but they say it would have been better if you would have broke something. So anyway, a thumb injury is one of the worst. Any baseball player tell you that the thumb injury is the worst you could possibly have so as I was I was dancing with socks on I didn't want to wake anybody up but I'm just dancing just praising God tears coming down tears coming down my cheeks something happened something happened that day he happened again friends he came down on me and I've talked about this before he came down that thing that people write about in books and everybody else happens to everybody but it doesn't I never experienced that like that but that thing came all over me like that I'm telling you instantly the pain was gone I haven't had problems with this hand I could play write guitar piano whatever I this is after two years of icing it and motrin and making confessions but I want you to know something the confessions are great Let me go back to this. This is a key part. Psalms 50 verse 23. Two components, friend, as you believe God. And we're, bless God, we're going to believe God big for miracles for you. But you've got to do what the Bible says. Turn to your neighbor and say, do what the Bible says. Psalms 50 says, first of all, he that offereth toda praise. In other words, that praises God for something that hasn't yet manifested. All right. But also he that orders his conversation aright. You've got to do both of them. There are people worshiping God as their healer. Listen. And they're, I mean, they've got a condition in their body and it hasn't lined up yet. And rightfully so, they're praising him in advance for something that hasn't manifested. That's great. But on the other hand, they're talking bad. They haven't ordered their conversation aright. He said, and ordereth his conversation aright. Well, then that's easy to see right there. There's some of us that haven't ordered our conversation aright. You know, I'll tell you something. You want to know somebody that ordered her conversation aright? That woman, that Shunammite woman that said, well, how's it going? It is well. It is well. You know, it's well. Well, is it good with the family? How's it go- What's going on? What's going down? It's well. Just get me to the man of God. I got to get to the presence of God. It is well. So she ordered, somebody say she ordered her conversation right. 
What happened in her life? The child was raised up. Is that right or not? It looks like she saw the salvation of God. But in closing tonight, it's not... That's one side of the ditch. The other side of the ditch is those of us that are in scriptures all the time. Or scriptures, scriptures we're speaking. We got 5,000 scriptures on healing. Okay? But are you offering Toda worship and praise to God? Lillian Bionman said, you know, there's this little thing here. There's, there's this thing that, that this is your prayer and this is your praise, you know, and the basket is out of balance. Or was that Newsom? I think it was Yeoman. It's out of balance. Are you listening? And she said, as soon as she got a lot of terminally ill people healed, she helped them to get their healing by encouraging them to listen. It's great that, you know, Christ has redeemed. She had that lady that had tuberculosis going up and down the stairs for years. Galatians 3.13, Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. And it finally sunk down into her spirit. But you know what? The other thought about it is she also had to train herself, what? To worship God. I submit to you that she was doing something. She was doing Tauda worship. So oftentimes people will say, you know, there's power in praise. No, actually the power is in God. And we finally figured it out that if you order your conversation right, if you can get in his presence and offer Tada praise, something happens. Breakthroughs happen. Hallelujah. It goes without saying that the rest of this has to do with there's other factors involved of really being committed to God. You know, being a priest unto God in in every sense of the word, sanctified unto Him. All right. that being said, I believe tonight the message is over, but I believe God wants to practice something. You know those obstacles, those mountains that are in your life. Friends, tonight is a night where we're going to worship God and we're going to declare in an act of worship. There are contracts that need to be nullified or changed. One. There are people that have conditions in their bodies that need to be changed. Something has to happen. And tonight we can get, we can help you and agree with you to get that breakthrough. Hallelujah. As we praise Him tonight, Understanding what's his name in this area of healing, Jehovah Rapha. Is that right? I'm the Lord that healeth thee. Oh, I wish I had time, but all over the Bible, you target your worship to his name. The fruit of our lips, giving thanks unto his From the rising of the sun till the time it goes down. The name of the Lord. Is that right or what? Absolutely the truth. But praise God. Uh, let's pray in the Holy Ghost just a little bit. I just, have, I just hear this in my heart, which is whatever the big one is for you. I think we need to take those Goliaths on. Whatever the big one is. How many you believe God is bigger than that? How many you believe that He can make it come to pass? He could choose these. Choose Choose, choose the right way and understand that He wants to move in your life in a bigger way than you thought. For He's able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that you dare ask or think, infinitely above and beyond your very highest prayer, your highest hope, your highest dream.
So even though kutama necho sapate, jesotoya, it's time to fall some giants in Jesus' name. Erete atarama, we sutruta chisa, the big ones. Okay, how many of you people have the big one? How many of you have a, a big one? You know, it's a big one. It could be a physical condition. It could be a bill. It could be a contract that's wrong. It could be a family member in a real bad situation. You got the big one, whatever the big one is. And how do you know it's a big one? Well, it weighs on your mind. You think about it a lot. You're concerned about it. Oh, I'm not saying you're worried about it. You have to pray about it a lot. You're chipping away at it, chipping away at it. How do you know what I'm talking about? Chipping away. It's time to blow some things up. Hallelujah. We're going to worship God. Now listen, this will work for priests that are believing God. So let's believe God together. Do you believe faith is rising in this house tonight? I believe you're surrounded by friends that love you. Amen. I believe you're surrounded by believers tonight. And we're going to do something. Praise God. Everybody pray in the Holy Ghost. I show it's just barely 8 o'clock. It's actually 7.50 something. We're, I'll tell you what. We're just going to take a few minutes and get some breakthroughs. Let's do that. How many of you want a breakthrough? Or do you want to just go home and not get your breakthrough? I want a breakthrough. I'm tired of, 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 of mortgages and, 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 and liens. I'm, I'm tired of that. I'm tired of sickness and disease. I'm tired of weakness robbing God's people. I'm tired of evil reports. Yet and I've had it is what I'm saying. Come on.